0: Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us for part two and the conclusion of a great interview. With a good friend of mine, Michelle Jackson Author of A Prisoner's Pardon Now if you missed part one You need to go back and catch up Amen. Hey, man, I just can't put it any more plain than that Because see, Michelle Her twin brother Was in and out of prison his whole life And you might think that's bad Because you know of his life that he lived But it affected more than just him It affected the entire family Everyone around him And that's what a prisoner's pardon is basically about. Not just forgiving the sinner, but also ministering to those that are around him, the family that has to deal with the repercussions as well. And her book dives right into this. And folks, it is a great book. Oh, praise the Lord. You need to get that copy. Drop down the show notes, click the link at any time to order your copy of this book. But Michelle has been sharing her story with us and the journey she took to find out biblically about a prisoner's pardon. Let's jump into the conclusion now of this interview with Michelle Jackson. Uh, I've seen in your book where you discuss the fact that uh, churches are failing to address sin in the community. Uh, yeah, explain it, that for us.
2: It's um because because of that, and I, that's what I see. That th- because they don't talk about sin and what it looks like, you know, they'll just mention it. But it's like they, uh, you know, what I find is people don't know what it looks like practically when they see sin. They're like all oh, this crime and all this stuff. I'm like I connect the dots in the book. That's a product. As a result of sin. It's sin, it starts with sin. And what you're seeing here is not guns and bullying. Um, you know, they're hitting all these other things, like um, you know, but sin is the driver, you know, of those vehicles that's doing
1: that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Amen. And they're, you know, I know I've seen this in a lot of churches. And if you question the pastor about it and say, you know, if I start preaching on sinful lifestyles, sinful choices, people aren't going to come back. They want to come to church to feel good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and to me, that is like the opposite of what I read in the Bible. The Bible is saying, don't do that or this will happen but you can come to me for forgiveness and change how you're living and all these blessings await you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, but, you know, I mean, I had one guest this couple years ago. I can't remember the name right now. And he said he was, he's a black guy, but he said, mm-hmm. you know, the church leadership, especially in the African-American community because we were discussing this has sided up with the politicians for political favors and monetary favors and and social status, you know, because they want to be, oh, you're friends with Congressman so-and-so type thing, right? And uh, he said, this has led to the watering down of the gospel, directly to the watering down of the gospel and actually caring for the members of the church. He said, all of this, coupled with the social programs aimed at destroying the family unit in favor of the government as your provider, as, as you were talking about, has actually worked to the opposite effect of their intentions, and, and do you see that as well?
2: It, oh, so those are facts, uh, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what he told you. What's going on? That you see a lot of the leadership, you know, they want, you know, they have the itching ears. The people in the audience have mm-hmm. the itching ears, and they need the funding. And then you have also too a lot of the churches are government funded. They got this tax thing. They don't want to offend about talking about social issues, you know, about sin and the impacts because they're threatened with losing their, you know, their tax Mm -hmm. write-off. So you have that double effect. Um, I will point out not all pastors and churches are like that, but a good, good, um, you know, a good Portion of it is that that's why when you see these crimes go on, you don't see uh churches stepping out like they should, you know, when those riots were just happening in Chicago. You know, I did hear about some pastors possibly getting out. I didn't see it, but it should be way more prevalent. They should be coming out and um actually coming alongside mothers and single mothers and doing more. For the family, and more teaching about family-oriented stuff, instead of you know just taking authority and and just having you know being salt in life instead yeah. of letting this Amen. stuff go on.
1: Amen. Yeah. I, yeah, because you mentioned that going out right. in the middle of the riots. I remember <laughs> there was a, a when we had the riots in Baltimore. This mother seen her son. You know they were doing the live shots. You know and stuff. Seeing her son down there. She went down there, found him. Mm-hmm. Grabbed him by the ear, started pulling him back home. He was he's you know, she was this little, you know, like five foot two and he was just six foot tall. She got him by the ear. He's bent down. Mom, <laughs> and it was live on the news. Oh, she's wow. dragging him back home. I was like, you know, he's gonna be ribbed oh, boy oh. <laughs> yeah.
2: oh, he's never living that down. That's gonna be played over and over again.
1: It was. It was on all the social media <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but that's
2: that's what you need, though. That's that's what we call old school raising you know uh Amen. like i like to quote um you know um uh i like adrian rogers but also um what did he say um i can't remember the name yeah he said uh putting the rod of correction on the 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 board no putting the board yeah the rod of correction on the board of knowledge or board of knowledge against i can't say it right let me just quit it <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna mess it all up. But anyway, yeah. it's just going back to that old school yeah. and, and the schools are different. Before yeah. we used to get paddled at school oh. and yeah. come home and get, another, and get mm-hmm. another and <laughs> get another.
1: Because they call your daddy. Thing,
2: mama, we were, yeah. we were just like, please don't call. You know, we, we were just wanted that one and rather when they get home, they are, you, you getting mad at home with the same practice. Mm-hmm. So they yep. stuck together. so
1: Amen. Yeah. I, I remember them days, you know, So not only did I get the paddle at school,
2: at school, then
1: I knew what he, was coming when I got home. And got <laughs> home and got
2: another one. You just Amen. begged the teacher. They weren't hearing it though. Yep. <laughs>
1: that's why you know my kids you know parent teacher conferences they hated those days because mm-hmm. I'd, I'd tell the teacher in front of them
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. so if
1: they act up you deal with it i support mm-hmm. you 100 and yeah. call me because when they get home i'm gonna deal with it too mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're, yeah. they're sitting there yelling
2: <laughs> yeah it wasn't such thing as what they doing now he's like what and i mentioned that stuff we didn't have no privacy in our rooms you know you know how they say what you coming in my room for We
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know we couldn't have no closed doors like that
1: <laughs> nope my daughter tried locking the door one time i broke it off the the, the door frame there's a damn <laughs> what are you doing in here damn. broke my door yep now you can't lock it I know. That's why I didn't we fix it for like a year.
2: That's what you do. That's why I frowned at them. Like, what are they talking about? They didn't know what they had in their room. We, they, our parents knew everything. They had, they had that. My mom had that mother hearing too, and you know, she had. I talk about that. She had. She Eyes at like, the
1: back of her head. She had that Don't multi. That.
2: <laughs> she would throw that shoe. And I told well, miss B, Why she on the phone. You know, you think you about to, she reading, it, She'd be to throw the shoe at you and you'd be like, how did she even know that Amen. I was doing something? But yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it's totally different how they raise kids.
1: You ain't lying. Amen. Praise God. Now you're bringing back some childhood memories. I, I
2: know. <laughs> These kids so back got Back on to the name. topic
1: of your book. <laughs> uh, Prisoner's part. I read in one instance, you asked your brother, Why do you keep doing these things? And his response because he thought he could get away with it. And how true that (laughs) statement is, not just for criminals, but us as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. whenever we do something that we know is wrong in God's eyes, it's because, A, we want to, and B, we think we can get away with it. Often it's just because we'll tell ourselves, well, I'll ask for forgiveness later.
2: Yeah. Same Can thing. you
1: shed some light on that for us?
2: Yeah, it was like after he kept getting caught doing stuff, and at that time, my mother's whippings wasn't doing any good. How how many times she whip him and spank him, or however you want to say it, <laughs> but um, it just didn't help. And he and I wanted to know, like, why do you keep doing this? And when he said that, it was like the most um honest answer he ever gave me it was I knew then it was like he just dropped a bomb on me. It was like I knew that was totally impactful, and I'm like, but you keep getting caught though yeah. how do you how do you think you're getting away? whether do you keep going to jail <laughs> so yeah. his he's but he's still living it out, and we do the same thing as well what I found out, you know spiritually, like you know I have a, a twin, and after looking at his rap sheet. And what I found was a lot of stuff that I did lined up with the same time he did stuff. I almost Mm -hmm. called the book Twin Sins at first, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm like, but this is the sin. I I thought I was the good one, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know how we all think we the good
1: one. (laughs) (laughs) I I know I was.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's he the bad twin. But come to find out, I was just as bad and probably worse. You know, you know why? Because I wasn't getting caught. You know, I wasn't, you know, getting uh, sent to prison. And what was happening was I was setting up myself for the end time where everything going to come out, which you don't want. You want to find out before that time. But yeah, he he said he can get away with it. And then also. I was thinking I could fix it. So that's another big thing that was happening which we all try to do we think we can fix ourselves we think we can fix other people and and that brought that to light especially with um you know the in in the black community we have and it's everywhere the 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 boys they want to uh get away with things they end up going to prison and the women we think we can fix it you know And you see a lot of domestics and everything. You see a lot of women staying with men because of, you know, that breakdown, because they think they can fix these men and stuff. And that comes from a father not in the home, too. That's the result of it as well.
1: Amen. Amen. I remember I asked my dad one time why he kept doing that stuff. And he said, well, it's only illegal if you get caught. (laughs) My problem is I keep getting caught.
2: (laughs) I know. (laughs)
1: Amen. I know uh, in your book, you present a very compelling example of what happens when a person represents themselves in a court of law, and I have to admit, I had never looked at our salvation from that perspective like you laid out as believers, we have our advocate willing to represent us, but could you go over that part of your book for us
2: about us willing you know wanting to represent ourselves
1: mm.
2: and um, you find that a lot in the um, criminal environment, but also in our environment too, you know, they want to represent themselves. They, they have this law library, you know, um, in the, in the prisons and we have outside um, probably Google or science, human science or whatever you want to look at. And we try to represent ourselves using that, but, and he, he would always try to represent himself in all, all the time at least the last few times, he got slammed, you know, and that's what happens to us as we represent ourselves, we'll get slammed, and not allowing God to represent us, so, um, and I found that chapter real, you know, the most difficult to write, because it is a different view, and trying to spell it out that we are all in a case, an actual case, and we're condemned already, whether we know it or not, until we get this reconciliation with God, which is the pardon. um, And we have to accept it to get a pardon, just like any pardon. Um, If you reject it, you don't get it, regardless if it's there or not. But um, anyway, so he, with him representing himself, he rejected the opportunity of a plea deal, which when we get offer salvation through christ this is a plea deal (laughs) so um and that's what happened if you don't accept it you 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 going on your evidence you have to go to trial now and you got to you know defend yourself and you know if you've been in jail and if you go to court if you go that route you're going to get slammed if they find you guilty in versus them giving you, well, I'll I'll give you this much if you take this plea deal, you know, sort of thing. So when you represent yourself, you take that that risk. And all, all the time, I usually see they they get slammed, they lose the case.
1: Yeah. Yep, amen. That's so true. You know, and I love that concept about us trying to represent ourselves before God at the judgment seat, you know, where we had an opportunity to use our advocate,
2: yes. who
1: would tell God, "Just let him go. He's okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, we <laughs> forgive. We would receive a pardon on everything." You know,
2: I know, but, and it's so we the ones as humans that I see that we the one we are the ones that complicate stuff. Mm-hmm. He made it very simple, you know. Accept the All plea right. deal. He's gonna. Do the work, mm-hmm. but what we do, we reject that. It's almost like you know the feminists too. You can look at it spiritual and be like, you know, God, don't open no door for me. I got this, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I want you to open all the doors for me, Lord. And that's the same thing what we're we're doing there. We're acting like, okay, no, I don't need you to do it. I can do it myself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amen. And I love that concept, and it's such an important concept. I I think it's going to be a great topic to preach on soon. Amen. I, okay. <laughs> yes, that,
2: I think it's going to be amazing. Um, Man. and that's Man. why I w- want this uh, book to be well received because I want people to see sin. Because sin is not just a spiritual thing; it is legal. Because what Christ did on the cross was legal, so we need to understand. Um, the the ram, what that actually means, and that's what's coming out in the book. What does that mean? Because we we talk about Christ all the time, you know, people know about Christianity, but do you know what it means? And this kind of lays it out really plainly the legal way, what's going on?
1: Yeah, amen. So, why is a pardon the only solution?
2: (laughs) Because we can't pay the debt, you know, it's too high, you know, God wants perfection. We can never um, get to that point. Only through Christ are we perfected. And we were all born in sin. You know, a slave can't free itself. It has to have a savior. So, and that's what he's done.
1: And you share a lot about the family offering forgiveness. Is that the only way to really repair the damage done to the family when a loved one's locked up for a crime?
2: Yes, because it is a debt and you have to take responsibility and recognize that um, you need forgiveness. And once you do recognize that, you know, and first with um, Christ, with God, getting that forgiveness and he automatically convicts you. In your heart, that you need to also do. It's almost like what we call restitution in the legal world as well. And if you notice in the courtrooms, too, they give you a chance, like the criminal, you know, the defendant before sentencing. Do you want to say any last words? And that means a lot, right? Then and there, on how much they're going to get sentenced. So do they? Do they um, look like they are repenting? That they're sorry and they want forgiveness. It's it's very impactful, and um, many people miss that opportunity. It's 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 unreal. Some of us sometimes how we will even resist. We will just hold on to it with pride,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and not in because that's what it is. It's pride. You don't want to humble yourself and ask for forgiveness.
1: Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and throughout your book, you discuss a concept you discovered in the Bible invo- involving Joseph and a couple other prisoners <laughs> that he was sharing some time with. Share that concept with us on a pardon.
2: Yes. Um, I discovered it. It's been in there a long time, you know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> in Genesis 40. I, I'm like
1: that too. Since I'll be reading say, like,
2: wow, I've read yeah. it. And then it's <laughs> I know it it came after I actually, you know, I went to God about it because I didn't even think God worked on social issues at first. I thought he was just more spiritual issues. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to and he pointed it out like, no, Michelle, you know, I do work on this stuff too. Once you ask me, so and then it popped out prison. I'm like, what the he talking about prison? Then it was like, okay. was in prison with the butler and baker joseph was and you know what i was looking at him like how did the butler get out the butler was freed and if you know anything about that culture then that's a miracle that he got freed so how did he get free how how could someone on the inside He he couldn't have done it. He couldn't have saved himself because if you know prisoners, when they locked up, they call you for everything. I need some of this. You know, could you call this person for me? They can't do nothing, let alone be able to save themselves. So, it wasn't that. And like I said, I was um, at church and I was listening to some hymns. You know, it's a lot of hymns and it's just like psalms. And the answer was in there. It was a pardon. That's the only thing that makes sense because. The butler was restored back. And with a pardon, you get a lot of your rights back. It restores things, it puts it back the way it was, just as if it never happened. So, and that's the only logical thing that could have been, it had to be a pardon, a forgiveness. And, you know, it's all through the story, you know, um, looking at the parables and everything about the rich man, you know, uh, about the king that forgave the man his death. And then he forgave him his death. And that's what happened with the butler. He was forgiven. And so he can go back to what, you know, he originally did what you see in the story in Genesis 40. So that's how I discovered I was like, Pardon. And it, you know, and I had to keep looking at it because nobody thinks about a pardon when we're talking about prison reform. <laughs>
1: yeah. Amen. Amen. That's so true. And your podcast is also titled A Prisoner's Pardon, correct?
2: Correct.
1: Okay. Share a bit about your podcast as we get ready to wrap up.
2: Okay. So um it's a weekly podcast, and I talk about the physical prison, not just the physical, but the spiritual and mental, because you really have to start with the spiritual and mental before you get to the physical anyway. So I would start to point out those, you know, factors and get people more aware and be on alert to those things. Um, we, we tend to think that only, uh, only about physical prisons, But we don't think about the issues that we go through, like the things that I was going through, why I couldn't get past certain things, why I couldn't fulfill. It was like I was paralyzed, too, which was meaning I was in a prison as well. So I bring to the forefront things like that, like, you know, grief. I just did my latest episode, you know, on grief on how it can get you into a sort of spiritual prison because you feel isolated and, and you're in a dark place and you don't want to be around people because you may have lost a loved one or something like that. That's a prison as well. So I want people to make those you know, those connections and understand that. So that's what we talk about on the show: physical prisons as well as mental and spiritual
1: ones. Man, amen. That's so good. Now, one thing I read in your book. And I got one more question for you. And when Uh I read this, I was like, oh, that brings back so many memories. And I want you to explain why you put something in your book about spam and fried (laughs) rice.
2: Oh, I was like, because I was, that's what I was cooking in. And it's just, you know. The funny, it's funny that you bring that up. Like you out of the whole book, you, you, you picked up that, but I thought it was hilarious as I was, it did. I'm cooking some spam, right? And then I get a call on my phone and I saw the caller idea of spam risk. I'm like, well, how did they know what I was eating? <laughs> but you know, it is a risk your eats spam it. It can have a whole lot of sodium and stuff. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's what it, I was just talking about normal things that I was I would cook and that did happen. So I bring real life things in. I think life Amen. is drama.
1: Amen. Well, you mentioned about you know it was good enough for the military. It's good enough for you. <laughs> and I, I I just started like hey. <laughs> so that, we, loved, we loved our spam. Okay, what's wrong with
2: spam? You know. Nothing. My wife still uses it. I know I do too. You know, so I'm glad you like that being from the military, being in the military (laughs) and all.
1: Praise the Lord. Well, how can someone obtain a copy of your book, A Prisoner's Part? Is it on Amazon?
2: Oh, yeah. It just came out today. Praise the Lord. Yes, it is in ebook form and in paperback. uh, I will have the Audible coming out in a couple of weeks. It just, you know, takes a little longer for a review of that. So that's going to be awesome. I actually did the recording. So Amen. you hear my voice and you hear me laughing, you know, you know, I laugh <laughs> a lot, you know, doing that. And I did get past that spam thing and, and many other kind of hilarious stories I'm sure mm-hmm. you're going to enjoy. So, Amen. yeah, so really good stuff out there. So it's on yeah. Amazon.
1: All right. If someone wanted to reach out to you, ask a question, maybe do anything like this. How can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you?
2: Oh, very easy. Just go to um you can hit me on my email, which is Michelle M I-C-H-E-L-L-E at prisonersharden.com. dot com. Or you can go to my website uh, at Kingdom Princess Pen, That's P-E-N dot com. So it's Kingdom Princess Pen.
1: I'll put links to all that down in the show note below. Praise the Lord, folks. I've known Michelle for several years now. I mean, she is a straight shooter who is passionate about her topic. As you can tell, she's lived it. Everything she shared with us today mm-hmm. is straight from the heart. I encourage you drop down the show notes, get in touch with Michelle right now while you're thinking about it, and don't forget to click the links to her books. I'm going to put the link. we didn't we talked about the the Pharaoh and the you know Butler and Baker last time. But I'm going to put the links to both books down there. You need to be able to order these right now. And buy a couple for your church. Give one to your pastor. I can guarantee he's going to appreciate it. And <laughs> it might—he might know someone who it will—he will be able to encourage with it as well. So be sure to order, order your books right now. Order more than one copy. Order three, four. Pass them out. If you have a Bible study or a book club. This would be a good topic to discuss because these are things happening right now in the families, in the the communities, in the neighborhoods. This is a very important topic. And I know you know someone that could use this information and encouragement right now. Be sure to click the link to her podcast below as well. I highly, highly encourage you to subscribe to her podcast so you'll be notified as soon as new episodes drop. Amen. Be sure to share the link on her podcast with those who you know could use a word of encouragement in this area as well. Michelle, thank you again for coming on the program today and, and catching up on how things have been going. I am so blessed and so proud that you and all that you've accomplished. You finally got this book published. Finally. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. That is awesome. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Michelle, Jacks, myself, this is Pastor Bob Romani, to be blessed in all that you do.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.
1: Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on faith-based podcasts, share your unique insights, and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait.